All right, it's time for another No Bad Wi-Fi. Jennifer, you excited? I'm totally excited. I told you I was going to announce my name, didn't I? I'm Rob Boyd. You did. I'm Jennifer Huber. There we go. All right, well, I made up for it somehow. <laughs> it took us a while to piece this one together because we were catching sure people did. at different times. We yep. gave up any hopes of making it look like we did it all at once, and I'm fine with that. All over um, the place. It's anybody good. has any complaints, please send Jennifer email. To the uh, round letter box to share it yeah oh is that the one where you should file it okay <laughs> the circular um, file yeah <laughs> well before we get to the main the main act of course is aruba but before we get to that of course we want you to hang around because at the at the end we've got a um, different mix of our normal cast of characters yeah. from ekahal this time we've got wireless stew yeah Yay. he's got some stories yeah. on you, as it turned out Totally. Wireless Stu is always interesting, and he's been doing great work over uh, kind of, a, as I call him, the chief explainer, because that's the yes. name of my company. Awesome. Chief explainer yes, chief for, sidekick. for Ekaha. Ooh, yeah, and he did wear the yeah. sidekick shirt and everything. Yeah, awesome. that works. But Ansi will probably be back with us here shortly, but for now, for this moment, we're going to take advantage of the fact Stu. that we get, to, we get to play with Stu, and I like it. Yep. But um, yep. also from the lab, you've got who? Uh, Scott. Scott Boda. We've got Scott, Scott Boda in the house telling us how you can get hands-on with Aruba Central and the worldwide platform. Yeah, this one feels good for anyone that is not maybe fully comfortable or was wondering what is it like to navigate right from the very beginning and start a lab or access resources that you guys make available, um, yep. which is amazing. And that's definitely why yep. we include it every time is because uh, we're obviously going to talk it's about unique. Aruba. And in fact, yeah. okay, so we have two smart gentlemen from Aruba that joined us for this one, but specifically it was Aruba Central, which I wasn't immediately familiar with. And you, did you think you were familiar I with it? I had it, I, man, I had it all backwards. I thought it was like the new iteration of Aruba's Airwave. What it, little did I know, yeah. I got schooled in a good way. It's good stuff. Yeah, it was a good way though. Uh, no, and I'm glad you were willing to ask the questions that you did. And yeah. so, so we've got Mason Kaufman, Robin Vellum, uh, both talking Aruba Central. and. Just to get everybody started off on the right foot, I'm going to cheat and use my notes, but Aruba Central is unified network management. So it's AI-based analytics, the unified network management, as well as IoT device security. And this is wired, wireless, and SD-WAN. So it things. is definitely where things are heading. It's definitely what we've seen other vendors doing as well. So it includes wireless. It's not exclusively wireless, as we would uh, talk about it here. But what's the one thing we know about wireless? It is touches it everything. It touches everything, and it's always got a wire somewhere in the background. Totally. <laughs> oh, many, many, yeah. many. Yeah. yeah, more than one wire. <laughs> there you go. All right, well, with that, let's go ahead and, and throw it on over to our conversation right. with Mason and Robin to talk about Aruba Central. All right, it's time for our key keynote segment, I guess. Jennifer, is that what we call it here? We've got Mason yeah, in one corner. Enough. All right, we got Mason in one corner, Robin in another corner, both. And, and actually, it sounds like they're about to fight. Yeah, uh, but they're not about to fight. At least I don't think so. Um, but guys, though, thank you for taking the time. We're obviously here to talk about Aruba Central. But in like all good conversations, I wonder if we could just kind of set things up. Um, actually, wait, let's do introductions first. Mason, what is your background? What do you do there with Aruba? Uh, so I am the product marketing lead for Aruba Central. Uh, prior to that, focused on our CX switching portfolio, which gave me a little bit of an insight into the management uh, construct of Central. And now I'm right in the thick of things with all things cloud-based uh, networking at Aruba. Not a, not a dull area to be in. Yeah, no, certainly sure. not. And Robin, what do you do besides pick up after Mason, perhaps? <laughs> <clears throat> well, I um, am a product manager as part of Central, focusing on AI ops. Okay. 
Ah, perfect. So then obviously that's going to be a part of this conversation for anybody if anyone's not familiar with where we're going. Uh, but we'll come back to that. Well, let's go. Okay, so let's go back to where I tried to start, first of all, Mason, and just kind of setting up this notion of cloud. Uh, from your viewpoint, which I assume is Aruba's viewpoint, what is this? How do you guys view the importance of cloud-managed networking, if I'm even uh, stating the term in a way that makes sense? You are absolutely stating it in a way that makes sense. And I would say that we have to look at the fact that a lot of IT workloads and business applications are moving to the cloud and why are organizations doing that? Well, in part, the normal myriad of benefits that we hear about with cloud, agility, scale, efficiency, and being able to react to market conditions as they change, as well as the individual requirements of employees or customers. Um, and then we look at the network's role in that. And I think it's safe to say that traditionally, you know, the network has really, we've really emphasized stability uh, resiliency, availability, right, security, all those things. Um, but that notion of agility often kind of gets pushed to the wayside because it could be very conflicting with the idea of stability. If you move fast, something might, there might be a hiccup involved there and then sure. bring the network crashing down. But certainly I think networking teams over time have realized that there is a fundamental shift that's needed in terms of how we deploy and manage infrastructure and related services. And that's really paved the way for things like SD-WAN, which I think is uh, really yeah. accelerating in terms of its adoption. Uh, and then also just uh, general cloud-based networking uh, as well in terms of management platforms like Aruba Central is. So um, you fast forward to last year with the pandemic and you see another uh, kind of increased need for it with the ability to kind of manage the network at scale uh, centrally, right? Because of travel constraints or resource constraints. Uh, I think there's an even more inherent need to be able to manage the network uh, through a cloud-based system, do so through a centralized console. And uh, certainly, you know, uh, a survey that we conducted last summer uh, really backs up that assertion. Um, I think about 2,400 IT decision makers were in the survey uh, response pool. And 80% said they were planning to maintain, if not increase, their overall spending in cloud, cloud networking technologies like SD-WAN or Aruba yeah. Central as a, as a management platform. Uh, some of them even saying we'll double down and there's an even increased need. So we'll actually plan to increase our spending. Uh, yeah, I agree. It, it, cloud now just makes so much sense, right? It seems like just yesterday we were in the hype cycle of that and it was just a favorite term, but it just is such a foregone conclusion at this point that it looks funny if you're not doing something uh, right. from the cloud perspective. But there, you really need to know what you're doing with that and where that's happening and, and really taking advantage of kind of the sweetest parts of that fruit, I think. Uh, Robin, I want to set you up correctly here. And Jennifer, I'm going to count on you to come in and remind us why this is a wireless Wi-Fi, on yeah. no bad Wi-Fi topic. But hold that thought for one second. Because in my research, or in my research, in my reading, um, Robin, I'm, I'm reading Intelligent Edge. And as it as Intelligent Edge, as a, as a just kind of getting the marketing terms out of the way, I think here for the moment, can you tie in intelligent edge in terms of our setup as we move towards talking more deeply about Aruba Central based on what Mason has already kind of said, this is our status with cloud? Yeah, sure. So intelligent edge is all about getting information from the right place. So okay. think of an access point at home. You want to get the information about that access point at home and deliver that to a central repository where you can use big data and machine learning to to make insights about that. Um, Intelligent Edge is is really making the edge where the edge actionable. Okay, Mason, Mason, maybe you can expound on that. Uh, no, I think that that you you're spot on. There's a there's a 
complementary nature to edge and cloud. It's not one or the other. It's certainly yeah. the reinforcing. Uh, you need the cloud and the computing power, as you said, to, to do things like AI and machine learning, but then you need intelligence at the edge to readily uh, act upon data as it's generated. So there's certainly well, that's gonna what make we more say sense. is kind of a... Yeah, and that's going to yeah. make more sense here as we get into this. In fact, Robin, go ahead and do this. What is Aruba Central? What's the, what's the right way as a primer? What's the right way to set this up to understand? And then we'll get let's get into some of those details that help make data more actionable. Okay, so Aruba, Aruba Central is a management platform that includes um, access points, switches, and gateways. And from the one pane of glass, and I, and I hate that term, but because it uses it all the time. But I tried to find a but, better one. There really wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> um, but. <laughs> From we have one platform that can manage all of that, and it's not just management. I mean, management means lots of different things, but it means configuration, troubleshooting, and gleaning information that you couldn't do easily. So, one of the things that I'm focused on is AI ops, and part of AI ops is how do we tell you what the problems are? Not only do we how do we tell you what the problems are, how can we root cause them, and how can we solve them for you automatically? And that's really what AI ops is about. Is AI operations taking this massive amounts of data and making it operational and making it functional and solving problems for you. Yeah. Can you walk so us through a couple of use cases where uh, Aruba Central shines like no other? Yeah, well, so again, Aruba Central is a centralized centralized place that includes switches, gateways, and, and access points. So we get data telemetry from each one of these uh, functions. Um, and then we can tie that information together. So, uh, you know, one of the classic examples, I mean, you're going to kind of get into the AI ML part of this. Um, one of the classic examples that differentiates Aruba is that we have, um, you, you may have a, a retail establishment that, that is in a strip mall, for example, and there may be cars driving by all the time. And they've made, the people in those cars may have been in your retail establishment, but as they're driving by, their, their, their client device is connecting to the access point. And as it gets, goes further away, there are more retries, it goes to lower data rates, that has a real impact on your network performance. So we've come up with an AI ML solution, an insight of what was what we call them, um, to say you can change the, both the authentication and the probe response threshold. So when these cars drive by, uh, the AP just won't answer. So you're saving them a lot of amount of resources. That makes it more efficient for the internal users, the people inside the store to have a better experience. You know what that reminds, that makes me think of, of just the challenges around, there's so many good things for retail around presence and being able to count. And then of course, tracking using Wi-Fi and in combination with various other sensors. So you can really understand your foot traffic and all these different kind of things. If we can all just remember back to when we used to go places. And the, <laughs> um, uh, but in a mall, I was, you know, the distinction between was that person inside or outside can require such a tuning and or such a level of intelligence um, from how that data is being received. And then what you're saying is, if I'm paraphrasing correctly, is it's this it, the data you guys are taking in mass amounts of data and really saying how do we use the cloud and AI ops to begin computing and providing better value for things beyond even just wireless? I'm, sure, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. So we get massive amounts of data from all the endpoints, and with that data, we can apply these machine learning models. And these machine learning models can actually feed other models. So one of the machine learning models we have is 
discerning if a client is inside or outside of the establishment. So, and that's, you need to have that machine learning model to be able to, to figure out what's going on. The second part, so that feeds into another model that says, okay, now that we've discerned inside and outside, how do we optimize your network so we exclude the most outside people with and affect the fewest people indoors? So that's another, you know, another way of looking at this. And then once we've done that, we can say, okay, here's the here's the right setting to set on your access point. Now, there's a few things that go into that. One, you have to have the the granularity of knobs to be able to tune that. The other is you have to have the amount of data to be able to do that, and you have to have the amount of clean data to do that. Um, machine learning takes a ton of data and it has to take a ton of clean data, otherwise you get dirty models, if you will. Um, and so that's another place that Aruba really shines. We've been in this business for six or seven years, you know, where we're, we've been doing machine learning uh, since our acquisition of um, a, a product we call NetInsights. And so we've, we've tuned those models. Those were for an on-premise solution. But we've taken those same models and we've applied them to, to uh, Aruba Central where we have tons of data, massive amounts of data, and we can really do a lot more fine tuning and, and figuring out what's best for your network. And not only do that, but you know, so that's an optimization uh, example, but the other ones that we can figure out what the root cause is. And once we figure out the root cause, we can apply a fix to that. So I wanna pause on the AI ops and such for a second. And I wanna, Jennifer, I'm gonna redirect, you've worked obviously with multiple vendors and different products over the years. And one of our previous meetings, I think you'd asked about Airwave and what happened or yeah. where that sits yeah. and such. But I wonder if you give some mm -hmm. context for anybody maybe outside of our little four in terms of, because I, you know, I always think I've, I've known Aruba as being very good in the wireless space. Um, yeah. And well, primarily know, where, where because Airwave is, yeah. Airwave is vendor neutral. So that was like the big, uh, the big uh, plus for Airwave. So naturally, my curiosity lies around what Aruba Central does that's different or better or, um, yeah, like what it does, what, like where would I spend all my time inside Aruba Central being a Wi-Fi person? Yeah, so where Airwave, to, as you were saying, Airwave is a, a multi-vendor solution. Uh, it still exists today. It's not going away anytime soon. Um, it has a place in our portfolio. Um, it doesn't do the same sorts of things that Aruba Central can. So it's Aruba Central, you know, Airwave is lo acting essentially locally. And what Aruba yeah. Central is doing is gathering all this data from lots of different companies. We anonymize it so we're not cross-sharing information, but we have these massive amounts of data that we can actually apply these machine learning models to. Um, so in cool. addition to Aruba Central, we have something called Central On-Prem or COP, which means you can have the benefits of Aruba Central, but in a in a environment where people aren't comfortable with the cloud. So we're bringing Central on-prem. It doesn't have quite the same functionality because there's a lot of value in having the massive amounts of storage and compute in the cloud, um, but it has basic some of the basic functionality for an on-prem solution, and the uh, and the insights, the the artificial intelligence, machine learning models. Well, and that's where and I was just trying, I've almost got a bingo here with. ML, AI, I don't know. We'll see what's next. The, um, I, I'm making fun because, I mean, it, we, we make fun of those things all the time, but there is a reality that you guys are living in. And one thing that's impressed me is you've also been very careful in all of our previous conversations about making sure that we understand 
what you mean by AI ops and kind of where that begins and ends because it's it's AI ops specifically it feels like it's still a little bit more in the misunderstood cycle of things from a lot of for a lot of people because in a general sense what I hear you guys saying is you're really looking at a broader set of data um, we may have I I may make the mistake of only thinking of Aruba equals wireless. And yes, you still do, but it's not only that, and it's not, and it's also, but there's these distinctions you guys are making that it really is broadening the value play here. Value play, play. I was gonna say plan, and I munged it, but um, it is what's what? What are the critical distinctions that we need to understand between, um, say, Aruba Central and say Aruba's AI? Are there important distinctions to make there? Well, Aruba's AI. I mean, AI is being one helping the other internationally. Yeah, AI is being used everywhere. So, it, and it's not unique to Aruba. I mean, AI is the the, the latest, and I mean, it's the latest buzzword. Everybody uses it, but it's actually it's um, being, yeah. it, but it's being used to solve real world problems. Um, but to do AI, you have to have a, f a few things. You have to have a very good knowledge of the domains, which Aruba has. We know networking inside and out. You have to have lots of data, and you have to have lots of clean data. Um, and you have to have some very smart people. So we have Aruba's been known in the industry for having great wireless all along, great engineers. You know, Aruba, before I worked at Aruba, I was always impressed by there's a knob for just about everything. Yeah. Um, and that can be maddening sometimes because there's too many knobs. And that's where AI can come in. Don't AI take that personally, say, Mason. I don't think you <laughs> no, no offense I taken. could resist. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, AI can go and look across all this massive amounts of data from diverse customer sets. And that's the other thing you really need from AI. You don't need just lots of data. You need a, lots of data from diverse um, installations. So you need it from universities and retail and K through 12. All of that helps to enrich the data and, and enrich the model. And then based on that, we can go and fine tune the, the, the knobs that need to be fine tuned. The AI can, can say, here's what we need to do. Here's how you need to solve this problem. Um, rather than, you know, spend, I, I used to go around the world with the sniffer um, and a spectrum analyzer and with AI and with the tools that Aruba provides, I can sit at home and do the same thing I did walking around in hospitals for days on end trying to find a problem. Yeah, you're bumming Jennifer out because she loves nothing more than <laughs> schlepping equipment around. I had a nickel for every square foot I've covered in a hospital. Yes. Where, where are customers... Is, the one interesting thing also that I hear happening is that you're talking about something that gets smarter over time and, and also increases in intelligence based on the number of inputs, I would imagine, in, when you're talking about this kind of math. Uh, so the more customers you have sharing more data for the, for the full-on cloud-based version, I would imagine, in terms of this, the, then the smarter it gets for everybody. So the value kind of raises all ships. Um, I don't know, Mason, if you want to comment, where, where are customers... <clears throat> What are customers buying today? How are they getting started? Uh, what kind of things uh, are you seeing that we might want to piggyback on from a customer perspective? Well, certainly, yeah. If, if they have purchased uh, some of our infrastructure and have the the licensing to Aruba Central, um, then they're already kind of on their way to, to having an effective AI solution because as Robin mentioned, we are crowdsourcing this data from across our customer base in an anonymized fashion. It's very secure. There's no, you know, sharing of personal identifiers and other information, but it's barely been able to kind of benchmark against those peers. So you know that you are pairing your network to a like network, retailers, 
with this number of users or these types of endpoints, these types of application and traffic profiles doing similar things. And it's really coming back to that data being the lifeblood of AI ops. Uh, you know, so knowing that we have the volume, variety, and uh, velocity of data to really do a like-to-like -like comparison so that you know as you're receiving a recommendation uh, from the AI engine that it's accurate and reflective of your environment and not say if you're in a retail environment that you're comparing it to say a, a distribution center shop floor, right? Uh, so that's yeah. the other kind of thing to keep in mind. And that's where you do need that large customer base and that uh, that just pure volume of, of clean data, as Robin said, to, to know that, uh, again, the, the recommendations that are being provided to you are, are accurate and reflective of what's going on in your environment. Well, I guess this ties back to what we started at the beginning where you were saying actionable data, Robin, and you were, um, and this is how you get actionable data. I, I think of of data like that as being something that that is not just, you know, fun to be knowledgeable about or just FYI, things are up, things are down or whatever it may, but that level that says uh, there's so much, I want to know what it is that I can use to make decisions. And to me, that becomes a, getting good at that becomes the precursor to really good automation because I, I, I feel like we're still in the middle times where automation, when it comes to provisioning and it comes to um, certainly day one type stuff is is there and it's, the value is proven. But when it comes to analyzing things in motion, so to speak, or an active network, uh, this becomes the kind of data suddenly that we have to have more confidence in so that we can let the machine make decisions about how to respond without having the human intervention because we're starting to operate at those kind of speeds. Is this where you guys are going in terms of, of where you want it to be? Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're on a journey, right? Uh, we've come up with solutions today. You know, the AI ML is we're figuring out things. We're figuring out uh, optimis ways to optimize your network. We're figuring out uh, how to troubleshoot. We're figuring out root causes of problems. Um, but that's not the end goal. The end goal is to solve those problems automatically for you. And it's all about automation. AI ops is really all about automation. How do we not only find the problems, how do we solve the problems for you? And ideally, how do we detect the problems before they become a problem and solve it before it impacts somebody? That's the goal of AI ops. The dream. Yeah. It, it is a dream, but it's actually, you know, it's a reality. We're, we're going to be doing some very interesting things in the next six months, which are going to be um, very actionable, very useful to end customers. And it'll save people lots of time in troubleshooting problems and solving their network and optimization and network. And they, they really the end goal of this is not about the network. It's about the end user. We're trying to make the best network so the users have the best experience because we're so dependent on networking today and Wi-Fi today. Users have to have a great experience to be able to use the applications they want to use. Yeah, I, I, see, IT, I just want people to quit yelling at me. Uh, but, <laughs> and Jennifer, you notice he teased, he gave us a tease there for having yeah. them back for something that he's, mm -hmm. he, wouldn't, he wouldn't tell me what it is if I were to ask him. But we'll find that out when we're supposed to find yeah. that out. Well, as we wrap things up here, I want to make sure I didn't miss anything critical that I should have asked Mason or Robin. Um, any, any way in which you think we really need to make sure it gets across in terms of how we wrap this up? Well, one thing I wanted to make a little more clear, Mason mentioned it, but I wanted to throw the actual terms out. With massive amounts of data and with the diverse data, one of the things that we can do is create class baselines. So we can take these class baselines, which is taking all these different environment variables from each site, and then you be, can compare one site to another very similar site. So then once you have this class baseline, you can say how well you're doing compared to all of the, your other very similar sites. So think of it as your, 
your uh, local hardware store, your big box retailer. You know, there are lots of very similar environments that you compare across different vendors and say, hey, you this this store here in specific is not doing as well as all of the other stores. And here's why. And here's how to solve the problem. So that's something that's very unique to us. We're yeah. looking at these class, class baselines uh, to try to help. And, and again, this is helping all the ships because we do a class baseline. Everybody benefits from it. Well, and I understand, you know, baselining takes a ton of data to really do it well. And the, but the whole reason is, is it, uh, especially even just looking at your own operation, your ability to recognize that a trend is a good trend or a bad trend is purely relative to what your operation should be doing. It, it, it's not going to always be comparable to others. And that's a, that's a, that's a big attempt. I mean, a big move you guys are making. I shouldn't, I shouldn't word it as an attempt in terms of being able to compare. So you're making some choices about how people should be compared. And you're also making some choices. And I know you've, you've doubled down on the anonymized data, but the point is, is, is it sharing like for like, it's like when I'm at the grocery store and I'm trying to figure out if I, I don't know if you guys do this. I, did I pick the right line? And so I, I pick a line, I compare, and try roughly to have the same amount of groceries. <laughs> are they rude? Are they wearing masks? All that kind of stuff. Does my line move faster? And then it's a win or a not a win. Uh, you know, and if it's not a win, then I just change the rules. Um, but it feels like it's that kind of thing. To, I know that's not what y'all do, but is that right in terms of that's that's an ambitious undertaking to to make these comparisons, but then all of a sudden you have a data set for your customers that no one else can offer because of those comparisons. And that sounds Absolutely. very valuable to me. Yeah. And it's and it's not a, a choice. I mean, we do multiple kinds of baselines. So we do a class baseline. We also do a company baseline. Um, and we will do a site baseline because a site baseline is allowing you to compare yourself over time. Uh, a site baseline, or sorry, a company baseline is allowing you to compare this site to all the other similar sites in your company. So that can be a real advantage. And, and then the class baseline is looking across all of Central, how yeah. a, an environment is a similar environment compares to other similar environments. Boom. So that's, very, that's very, a lot of flexibility like there. Yeah. Jennifer, which is else? why you need the cloud because it's yeah. massive compute, right? Massive. Compute right. No, you wouldn't be able data. to do this any other way. This yeah. now we're getting into areas where cloud is not a matter of rep. You know, we always start like this. It's a like websites of old. Remember when we used to a website was um, was your pamphlet in HTML, you know, and then, yeah. you, right. you know, and, yeah. and that seemed kind of cool at first. And then rapidly you're like, nope, it's got to be something different. Um, you know, and, and what you guys are doing is you're saying this is these are things that cloud can do well. And you probably, in fact, it just wouldn't be done. Otherwise, it would be foolish to it. take it on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, excellent. Well, guys, yeah. Jennifer, was there anything else we need to make sure we extract oh, no. I think, out of I our think we got it for now. victims yeah. here? Guys, <laughs> I want to thank you. Thank you for joining us and, and sharing Aruba Central on No Bad Wi-Fi. I trust it's 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 a second time for Aruba here on the show. Mm -hmm. uh, so I assume that that means there's a pattern established. And I'll let you baseline it. Yeah, Thanks for having yes. us. It, um, <laughs> it was, you know, a great, great session. And anytime you want to have us back, love to have us. Love I've to have you. Questions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. It's time to go into the lab. Jennifer, who have you got lined up for us? We've got Scott Boda joining us today. And Scott, I'm going to introduce you and let you take the mic and tell us who you are, what you do, and what you're going to show us today. Well, thanks very much, and I appreciate you having me. Uh, I am a technical solutions architect 
with Worldwide Technology for working with global solutions development. And my primary job is lab development. So what we're going to talk about today is the Aruba Central Management Lab. And it's really very easy to get to. Uh, there's a lot of content along the way, uh, but you'll learn a lot as you go through it and you'll see how simple it is to really get there. So cool. you fir the first thing you need to do is start on the Worldwide Technology homepage. Uh, make sure that you're logged in, make sure you're registered. Uh, because if you're not, then you're not going to have access to a lot of the, the content that is on here. But you can see from the Worldwide Technology homepage, there is a lot, a plethora of information that is out there related to a lot of different topics. Now, you can find the lab a number of different ways. You can click on the labs, just search for the lab. But what we prefer you do is is look around because there's a lot of other content that's out there that you might interest you. So the uh, the wireless and mobility section is under networking. Uh, under networking, there's data center, there's SD-WAN, there's campus LAN switching. And as you go down into these subjects, they get more and more specific. So we're going to go into wireless access and mobility. And you can see the same type of content is available. Um, insights, articles, briefings, case studies, training, videos. But these are all specific to access on built access and mobility rather than including SD-WAN and uh, you know campus switching so uh, to find the lab you just click on labs and you'll see that these are uh, wireless access access and mobility labs there are a lot of different ones but we're looking for the Aruba Central lab and all you have to do is click on it and that will bring you into the uh, Aruba Central lab overview page so it'll give you a solution overview it'll give you a topology showing you what gear you're working with what the goals and objectives are okay so it even tells you that it, it's written for administrators engineers and architects but here's the beauty of it is it's written in a way that you don't have to be uh, a, a technical guru to understand what the lab is trying to tell you so Excellent. it's really trying to show you uh how central works how you would actually configure central and it's really more of a walkthrough so you have a scheduling uh bar up here and for internal people as such as myself it's a little bit different than it would be if you were a partner or you're a customer you simply click on it and you pick the date that you want to take the lab and you will get usually within 24 to 48 hours uh, an email saying hey your lab has been scheduled so when that day and time comes, you would go back to the Worldwide Technology homepage because you're probably not going to sit there for two days and <laughs> wait for your email to show up. But when it does, you would go to my WWT, which is your personalized page. When you sign up and you register with the Worldwide Technology homepage, you tell them what you tell them the registration page what you're interested in, and it'll give you a whole lot of different things that may be you know, re maybe relevant to you, but we're looking for the lab and you'll see a section that is called my labs. And you go into my labs and it'll give you a list of completed labs. Now I happen to be the author of a lot of these labs. So that's why the same ones appear over and over and over. But if for, in most cases, uh, you would only take the lip, maybe the lab once or twice and then move on to another lab, but it'll give you a complete list of everything that's there. So here's the uh, Aruba Central Management Lab that I had scheduled. And to access that, you simply click on uh, the lab link and then you open any ATC lab gateway. 
what that will do is bring it to the actual lab environment itself. And the lab guide is on the left. And what we call the jump post is really just a virtual Windows 10 box that gives you internet access to uh, the Aruba Central cloud management platform. Uh, you can move the window over a little bit to make the lab guide a little bit easier to read. And you can see that there's an introduction at pretty much the same way it was on the scheduling page. And here's some of the learning outcomes. But it's broken down into modules. We try and keep it uh, so that each module has a subsection. So if you look at module one, uh, this will tell you how to actually get to the portal. Now, on the jump post, there is a tab that's already saved that, that you just click on it to bring you to the portal. But if not, uh, and you're starting out, this tells you how to get to the portal. It goes to the portal homepage and it tells you, hey, look, even if you have a little bitty message here, please ignore it. So uh, as you move through the guide, uh, you move back into module two, it tells you how we actually configured it. So uh, there are a lot of different ways to configure uh, your equipment, your your architecture to connect to Central. We did it a specific way because of the way the ATC is built, and it just saves a little bit of space and saves a little bit of port space. But uh, basically, it tells you everything from ground zero of what you have to do to get your devices added, add the licenses, and add the subscriptions so that your uh, your architecture and your switches and your APs are then able to be awesome. added and configured into central. Yes. So as you walk through it, right, more and more, you'll see that there's adding devices, how to add the switch, how to add the AP. Wow. Okay. And once they're added, then you would go down and you continue with different modules and how to configure the gateway and what happens after you configure the gateway. Uh, so it gets it gets pretty in depth on what you need to do to set it up, including DHCP scopes for the switch. But it's holding your hand all the way through it. That's what I really like. It it really is. And uh, again, if you get yeah. well, if you you know if you get to the end, and it, it you actually get to test a wireless client at the end, uh, but you so, but you want to know how you got there or how you actually defined the SSID. You can go back and look at the module. It says, hey, here's how I configure the AP. Here's how I configure LACP. Here's how I configure the WLANs. So it's really comprehensive enough to show you exactly what you would have to do. Now, you're in, you know, your, your, your corporate environment is likely different than our ATC, but the concepts are really very much the same. That's the so it really, yeah. So it really is a guide on what you would do uh, and how to access a room central. So awesome. it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's technical enough for people that have never seen it before, but it's generic enough. So if you want to go out and talk to uh, other folks about it and get them interested in it, this is the way to do it. Oh, that's excellent. Once you're, yeah, once you're yeah, done with was, the lab, all you have yep. to do is close it. Okay. Uh, if you decide that you have a meeting and you don't have time to leave the lab open, you can close it and then reopen it in the gateway until your time has expired. It is a two-day lab for uh, people that are uh, for customers or or partners. Uh, you really don't have a choice, so yeah. it will give you two days uh, when you know, yeah. It's casual. yeah when you schedule it 
yeah, when you schedule it, there's a small box at the bottom you can put in comments and say, well, I'd really like to have this for more than two days. But since there's not a whole lot of hands-on in this lab, it's more of a guide on how uh, uh, Central works. If if you can't get through this in two days, and you know, and then we that, got then, other issues to address. Yeah, no yeah, 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 right. so yeah. Once you're done, once you're done, you just mark it as complete, and you say yes, and that'll bring you back to your labs page, and there you have it. Right. So you're done with it. Right. And you can even view what the lab was all about. Right. And mm -hmm. that's it. There you go. Complete. I like seeing that at the end of the lab. Yep. Um, and obviously, the yep. whole point is to is to say, how, how can we get more familiar with Aruba Central, understand a little bit about their philosophy and kind of where that's going and whether or not that would fit into your own operation. Um, but I like the fact that you walk through the platform and just kind of the value of the platform as it extends. Certainly beyond Aruba Central, it's just something you should be engaged with on a regular basis. But Scott, thank you so much for joining us. Well, you're very welcome. And remember to register with the uh, Worldwide Technology homepage and the ATC. We look forward to seeing all you guys out there soon. There's way more than uh, Aruba Central out there. There's a lot of different labs and technologies that yeah, you can't you guys get keep information. Working hard. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, and thank you, Jennifer. All right. All right. Hey, Wireless Stew is back with us. Jennifer, it worked. We were able to talk him into uh, spending more time yeah. with us. Uh, so for this one, Stu, I wanted to ask you a question about um, troubleshooting. I think loosely about Ekahau from a troubleshooting perspective, but I also think about the expertise required. And I wonder, especially with your interactions, what are the kind of things you most often see as being important for quickly ascertaining, you know, the pro finding a problem in a, in a wireless situation? Well, you know that's a great that's a great question because it's it's we often see um, customers dealing with you know they they come to us and say hey we, we've got we've got a great plan we implemented it we did the validation and it was working great even opt I don't even need to optimize it's great but all of a sudden we're getting trouble tickets and we're saying well, why isn't things connected like you've got all the right channels you've done all your homework everything's great but now you need to take that step further and understand what's happening so now we need to break open and look down uh, in deep into the spectrum analysis, right? Look at the spec and see what's happening. Look at other neighboring access points. And that's when you really got to look at, it's not just your configuration may be sound, it's more deep layer and that layer zero or one, we like to call it, right? Right in there to see if what's happening with the actual uh, spectrum itself. So you can visualize that with Ekahau, but then are there certain things that you do first that you tend to look at because they're the most common uh, Absolutely. Things to find? Yeah. Yeah, and we got a great tool for that. And we, we actually use an analyzer uh, app right on our, our mobile device. And using the power of the sidekick, we can actually see get a, that test pass fail. Of, hey, is the signal good? Are we meeting the requirements uh, that of our network? And we can put those requirements in. And this is okay, great, it's working, but it looks like something else is impacting. It could be that high channel utilization. Maybe we have some clients that are really talking a lot and, and, and maybe got a busy AP. And it's um, it's causing some high usage. Maybe we're having some clients not connecting properly. But most important is looking at from things like, are we seeing neighboring AP interference? And that's a big common one, right? Is okay. is if we've got neighboring APs, and that's what we want to see. We want to see what the impact is on that. And by a neighbor, do you mean like literally a business next door or street traffic Absolutely. or what yeah. kind of things could be? We, we, 
right, we used to call this rogue, right? And that was a common term. We always called it the rogue APs. And, um, you know, uh, a, a, a good guy on the community, he, he kind of, you know, said this about a few years back and he said, and his name was Andrew. He says, you know, what? it's not, not rogues, they're neighboring AP. And you know what? He's right, because that's exactly what they are, right? It's a neighboring AP from another business or another institution, whatever control. it is. It's not within your realm of, it's on, not on that's your right, network, because... but it's RF is stepping on it. Yep. That's right. And because remember, why uh, Wi-Fi is a shared medium. Right? And so we all got to share and we all got to play nice and we all want to go to the dance and we all want to have a great time. But if someone wants to sidestep and go the other way on a different channel, then sure. Right. Or uh, yeah. this guy's uh, dancing to a different tune in that one, then that kind of messes things up. Right. Well, so what kind of things can be done to uh, make adjustments to a neighbor you don't control? What kind of things can be respond well sometimes a lot of times you can't um you know if you're, if you're close to the neighbor you can go in and kind of you know work with him and say hey you know what um take the first step can you avoid their channels can you avoid their ap and then make sure that your your ap's don't get anywhere near that one so there's a bit of a buffer now that's a good first step sometimes it depends it depends on on the other neighbors like oh we're seeing that you're broadcasting 40 meters wide on a 2.4 that you know they're really the great or maybe they're not playing on the right channels Maybe they're using channels, you know, in between the one, six and 11 that we use in North America. And uh, maybe they, maybe you could help them, you know, educate them, right? Go into the right channel. So there's a number of things you could do, uh, but it's always starting up an open dialogue. Uh, but take the first step is look at the data. Yeah. Look at what you can see first from your survey and your analysis, and then go from there. And that's what ECHO is measuring. When you look at the spectrum, you're looking at the actual, not the spectrum you think you're putting out, but actually the spectrum that's happening, which includes all the other stuff that is potentially interacting with it or producing noise in that in that range. But Absolutely. you can see the channels is what you're saying as well. So you could see that your neighbor is eating up a lot of that channel and maybe you're a more educated wireless user, but this now becomes an opportunity to know. educate your neighbor on, by the way, uh, all you got to do is change this to this channel or turn down your power a little bit here or and you may we'll even help them improve time. their own situation. Yeah, exactly. You know what? And that's great because a lot of IT folks, we don't mind talking to each other. So if you can find out the IT folks that are at the neighboring business and should know kind of help out and show yeah. them actual data, they're like, wow, that's super cool. How'd you figure that out? Right. Oh, yeah, I'll change that. How do I help? How do you change that? And then you create kind of a community, right? Creative yeah. kind of that trusted advisor. And, and you're like, oh, wow, now I'm the superhero. Right yeah. so now, I can go in and, and kind of squash those uh, those those crazy uh, interfere bugs, right? Or at least right. uh, yeah, yeah. That mitigation process. So I know we're we're going so fast through that topic, and troubleshooting is easily multiple days of stuff. But the point is, uh, Echohow gives you the visibility to be able to see exactly what is happening, so that you can respond and use that data to make smart decisions about where adjustments yep. need to be made. And I think you would agree that this is something that needs to be done on some regular basis as far as not just when you deploy and the walls are in, but just kind of things change over time. And I think people don't often look back enough to say, uh, are we still within parameters that we should be for providing a service level um, appropriate to this, um, this clientele? Absolutely. Uh, you always want to make sure that you're meeting your SLAs for your own clients because you could have definite things like hospitals, mission critical, um, certain types of environment. So, yes. Perfect. All right. Well, Stu, thank you so much. Appreciate you, you taking time out to join us again on No Bad Wi-Fi. Thank you for having me.